So the big question is this. How can runners like you, who are running in pain and discomfort, fix, heal, and get to the real reason you're in pain? So you can enjoy your passion for running. That is the question. And on the hashtag Run Pain Free podcast, your host, sports biomechanics, athletic injury correction, and conditioning expert, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio, gives you the answers. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Run Pain Free podcast. I am your host, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio your sports biomechanics, athletic injury correction, and conditioning expert in your pocket. Make sure you're following us at Run Pain Free on Instagram and at Run Pain Free underscore Academy on Instagram. And make sure you are subscribed to us here at runpainfreepodcast.com. And of course, you can go on over to Facebook and put in the hashtag Run Pain Free and you will find our pages there as well. Today, we're talking about something that is very commonly misunderstood what else is new what else do we talk about here on the run pain free podcast and i want to clear it up as best way i possibly can again itis we are talking about anything with the ending word itis on it tendonitis arthritis bursitis those types of things and it's important to understand what that is when it comes to mobility the first thing I want you to understand is that you do not have to have anything with itis for the rest of your life. Thinking that something with itis is chronic is a fallacy. It is incorrect. It is not true. It is false. And I'm speaking to that once again from a personal place and an expert place. I have corrected everybody who's come to me with any type of itis on it. I've gotten rid of the itis, whether it's arthritis, tendonitis, or bursitis. I've also had bursitis myself after being hit by a truck, things happen. So do are those things real? Does it mean I'm not saying that they're real? No, I'm not saying anything anybody ever is feeling is not real. What I'm saying is it is not what it is said to be, which in this case, it is like you have chronic pain in that area. You should probably stop moving, stop doing that activity, stop doing that workout, don't do those things. And all of those things are what makes you worse. So itis, and I talk about this a lot in a lot of my events all the time, itis is immobility or improper mobility of a joint. When you move properly, you have no itis. I, again, I'm very specific about our results here at the Run Pain Free program, and I case study everybody that comes through our doors, and it is well over at this point, 80,000 hours in injury correction alone. That's real. We've literally dedicated our lives to this program, to the programming, and also because it's from a personal space as well. So I'm a part of the product. So it has to work. <laughs> so I don't stop until I figure out how to make sure that happens. And so that's where I'm coming from with this. When you move properly, the itis goes away because you're either not moving right or you're moving incorrectly or you're not moving at all, which is what creates that. There's scientific data that proves that running itself actually generates new, re new cartilage in your knees. It actually doesn't create arthritis in your knees at all. Yet there's people who still believe that who actually are educated or have some type of a background in, in running in, 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 an, in an actual educated way, not just being a runner. And they still believe that running can cause arthritis. It's not. The reason why you would still have knee pain 
after with running and being a distance runner is because of your hips. There's a dysfunction in the joints and that translates down or there's a function in, in your ankle, which is also hip function, which we've talked about many times before. Ankle and hip are synonymous in terms of movement. When they are in dysfunction, the other one is in dysfunction and they both settle at the knee at some point, whether it's early on in the injury, giving you red flags early on that you then ignore, or it's gone on on and on for a long time and now you quote, need a, a knee replacement. That has nothing to do with the fact that you are running, zero. It has to do with how you are running, very different. Running doesn't cause any issues. How you're running is what causes the issue. And so if, you're in, if your mobility is off and your movement pattern that dictates mobility is off, you're going to be creating injuries, aches and pains all over your body. And you're going to feel it worse in your joints because they're structure. It's not soft tissue. It's very different. And so there's this level of misconception that is layered and complex and compounded that people just assume superficially, oh, I'm doing this movement. I never felt this before until I was doing this movement called running and now I have this knee pain, so I mu it must be from running. False, that's completely false. There's nothing wrong with your knees. And I can't tell you how many people I've spoken to that are pro elites, pro runners to the first person who's ever ran a 5K in their life or working to, running, working to reach a 5K, excuse me, in their life, having the exact same injuries and the exact same pain, it's because of a mobility issue at a joint level that then expresses itself in the run because running will tell you what's going on with your body. But if you're not talking to somebody who understands mobility, who understands sports biomechanics, who understands functional movement, you're up shit's creek without a paddle when it comes to your body. Sorry, it's just what it is. And everybody in the medical industry and the health industry do amazing things as a title, right? The title, you know, cause person specific, right? But the title of it, those different types of specialties are, are amazing things. But not everybody does mobility. Mobility specialists do mobility. Hi, nice to meet you. My name is Jessica. Functional movement is the grandfather to all mobility to patterns and to athletics. It brings it all together on top of that. You know, so there's levels to that specialty that you just continue to grow in and continue to do. And you can't just go into understanding mobility if you've never been a basic personal trainer. There's just no way that that's gonna happen. You can't, even if you've been a personal trainer and never worked in a gym, again, that level of knowledge is very different than someone who's just gonna be a trainer and then work out of their house or work from home or do like local people. When you're a trainer who's actually worked at a gym, you have to deal with so many different body types, so many different shapes, sizes, health issues, health ailments, the way people move, the way they function, injuries. It's, there's so much that you get thrown at you that you have to learn how to tolerate. And so I always say, if you're gonna be a trainer, you better go work in a gym and plan on working in a gym for at least four to five years, minimum, before you think you're going outside of a gym. You, it's just the level of education that you get in there that you won't get outside. And so there's levels and levels and levels to the level of specialty that like I'm at. So that's why expert, I say expert for a reason because there's a reason why someone would consider themselves an expert. You have to have at least 10,000 hours in that study, and I have over 80,000. 
and I'm also a person in it. And I believe the best type of expert is someone who's actually also dealt with it personally. Doctors too. I think there's no greater doctor than a doctor who's actually dealt with whatever their specialty is personally. It, ta- it changes how they look at that. It changes it 100%. So, and I, I can and I speak from that from a place of being a non-injured person and being a functional movement specialist at the time and a master, a top trainer and working in PT and then getting hit by a truck and then having that actual experience change every level that I already was and just made it so much more. I know I didn't get much from the accident, but it made me a better expert and it made me a better, a better person at what I do for a living, for sure. So I digress easy when it comes to stuff like that, but I'd like to give you that back end story of why I'm speaking this way because not everybody does mobility. And unless you have somebody that understands mobility, you are going to be caught out there. You just are. Same thing goes with tendonitis. Same idea, immobility or not mobile at all. Uh, immobility incorrectly or not mobile at all. So those things, it's the same, it's the same idea, same principle. Overuse, so let's talk about like elbow tendonitis. It's huge in golfers, huge in swimmers even. Um, bursitis, well, I'll go to that in a second. So let's stick with it, like t- elbow tendonitis or Achilles tendonitis, like I know you all wanna hear me say because so many of you have that. Your Achilles tendons are the way the muscles attach to your bones. So if you have an itis in the tendon that is of a muscle attaching to a bone, you have a muscle problem. You have an overworking or dysfunctionally working muscle period. It's got nothing to do with where you're feeling pain. That is just where it's expressing itself because it's the most uh, narrowed part of that. It's the extension of the muscle all the way down. It's in an insertion, which is always where you're going to feel stuff. And at that level where it's like consistent and it's pulling and it's straining and all that stuff. And that, that's what that is. It's, there's a dysfunction in the, in the, in the movement of the muscle. So I always say tissue is first, joint is second, muscle is last. So if you're feeling muscle, you do have a joint function issue, but it's expressing itself at the most superficial portion of that issue. So it's easier to address at the muscular level, easier, because that's dysfunctional movement in in terms of like what's firing, what's not firing muscularly, like what muscle is firing? Is this muscle activating? Is it activating wrong? Is it being conditioned in the wrong way? So someone who's doing butt kicks, someone who's doing hamstring curls, who then wants to go run long distance would generally be guaranteed Achilles tendonitis because you're building the the muscle of the hamstring incorrectly for the sport of running. Period. So that's where that comes from. When you have an elbow tendonitis, I'll go right back to that. Golfing is very one-sided. So is baseball, it's very one-sided. And you hope that the trainers and the people like me that are in, in, the, in, the, in their weight rooms and in their training rooms are making sure that they're conditioning both sides but the majority of the time that doesn't happen and they really just hyper-focus on the side that is the, you know, whatever, if, you know, if they're a righty or a lefty, which whatever they swing the bat or the club with, even tennis, like actual tennis, that the, it's, it, it could be tennis elbow, golfer's elbow, it, it, could, it could be all of those things. It's the same, the same, the same problem mechanically. 
And so again, it's the same idea. It's a muscular dysfunction. And I'm going to tell you, it is a lat problem. So your lat is the big old muscle in your arm, like your armpit, like the big old muscle from your armpit down. It comes all the way down the side of your ribs and comes down and swoops in into like right, right near your low back. It's huge muscle. And so I, you know, back fat, if you see it, you know, back fat, that's, that's your lat. If you have bra fat, that's your lat. That's the muscle that supports the shoulder function. If the lat muscle isn't supporting the joint of the shoulder, the shoulder doesn't work properly and that translates down to your elbow and your elbow takes the brunt of force. So when you're hitting a bat, when you're hitting a tennis ball at 100 miles an hour, or you're hitting a golf ball with every bit of might that you possibly have on a very even longer lever, lever from your hand to, the, to where the actual golf ball is, your elbow takes all of that force. It's a very tiny joint and it's not built to do that. Your shoulder and your lat is built to do that. So the lat is to your shoulder, what your glute is to your hips. When you start looking at your body in that way, your arm and your leg in that way, you'll have a better understanding of why, well, if I know my glute is so important to my hip function, and my hip function dictates whether my ankle moves right and my footing is right. And if those two are off, then my knee is gonna get the worst of it because it's in the midline of the leg, it's at the most vulnerable position in the leg. Then I can look at the arm and say, okay, well, if my lat doesn't fire, I don't have any support to my shoulder joint. And if my shoulder isn't supportive, then that dysfunction translates down not only to my elbow, but also to my wrist, high carpal tunnel. Hello. So there's a lot of, which I've also fixed by the way, which there's a lot of force happening at the elbow joint that shouldn't be there. Your lat should be taking all that heat. When you're coming around to, to hit the, the tennis ball, you should be hitting it from up. You, the power should be coming up underneath your armpit. It should be coming from the back side of you. So a lot of lat rows, seated rows, uh, lat pull downs, if you can't do a push-up a push up properly, you're not using your lats. If you can't do a pull-up properly, you're not using your lats. These are all basic motions that you don't even realize how much you do all day long. Opening doors, closing doors, pushing things, picking things up, put your, putting a backpack on, picking, picking up something heavy, moving something, picking up a bin in your house. All of that is lat function. If you're not even doing that with your lats, you're overusing your elbow joint. So everything that is inserting down there, your bicep tendon, your triceps, all of these muscles that are in your, in your arm that are meeting at your elbow, start to get over, you're overusing your bicep, you're overusing your tricep because you're not using your lat at all. And so those are a muscular dysfunction. Again, that's tendonitis. So these things are superficially exposing themselves to you and so they're just as superficially fixed. That's why I can get somebody who's been to several surgeries for carpal tunnel, one in each arm, and still has pain six, seven, eight months later, and then I get them and I fix it in a few sessions. They feel better right away, but then I can actually correct it over, over the course of a few months. I co completely correct the whole pattern behind it, solidify it, make it fire properly, load it, make it straight, make sure it's good to go, and then they're fine. So there's a reason for that. Okay, otherwise that wouldn't happen, right? Right, so that's a superficial muscular dysfunction issue. 
completely correctable, not something you need to wear an elbow brace for, a knee brace for, ankle braces that lace up around your ankles that a lot of these basketball, basketball players do, or like runners do and go ahead and get a stupid ass stability sneaker and stop all function of their foot and think that's gonna happen. Well then what do you do then? Now you have immobility of a joint. So you could have had the itis, because, the tendonitis because you were improperly moving your joint, but now you just went to the other side of the itis, which is immobility completely. And then you just stop the, you demobilize the entire joint and then that's it, it's done. Now you're, now you're looking for, the next thing is gonna be a crack or a break. That's how that's gonna happen. So when someone comes to me with Achilles tendonitis, the first thing I wanna know is what shoes are you in? What sneakers are you in? And I call them sneakers. I respectfully say shoes because I know so many runners call them that, but I don't know what runner wants to be running in a shoe. Like you wouldn't, you're not running in, in a freaking loafer. You're running in a sneaker. It's not a shoe, it's a sneaker, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> so I immediately ask that because that's the first thing I have to make sure because if you already have an, a tendonitis an issue, a tendonitis issue down there, I need to make sure it doesn't break anything. So I need to make sure that the ankle is mobile and that starts with your sneaker. That's why you don't get anybody with a Nike free flying it having a tendonitis issue because the mobility is the, the mobility is not only supported, it is promoted in a Nike free flying it. That's why they're the best sneaker to correct and work through and run through and work out in and live in because they correct real time as you move around and they promote complete mobility of your ankle, which therefore translates to your hip. So that's that. That was a little tidbit for you. I just gave you a little gem, just so you know. So that's what that is. Now, bursitis. Bursitis is bursers. Bursers are like little bumpers over major joints. So you have a burser over your hip, which that's where most people get, quote, bursitis. So I'll stick there. But you have it over your shoulder, too. And these are like, like, like literally little bumpers. They're little sacks full of, I'll say, like a gel type of substance. And so... Bursitis, I don't know why people say, oh, you have bursitis, so like you're done, like it's a done deal, you have it forever. I don't know, I don't know why that is. All bursitis really is is a, is a pocketed held tension that's, that can be very painful. But it's holding tension because there's a tissue issue there. That's where your IT band is the thickest and most fibrous, where it hooks right around that area to come across from up the side of the leg, it hooks over that hip and then it goes over your entire glute muscle, each side, 80% of the glute muscles covered by, by the tissue of the IT band, crosses your lumbar and attaches on either side of the opposite shoulder. So you have a very big, thick band of tissue covering that. So if there's any tension in that little sack, it's now not only compressed, but it's also restricted. And so there's nothing actually gonna release any of that tension. And on the opposite, there's more tension on top of it. So the two, you, you probably have it from the tension and the tension of the tissue is trying to protect the joint underneath. And so that bursar just isn't a bad spot when the tissue's trying to do its job. Remember, the tissue is always protecting you. So when you want to curse your IT band out, you should be thanking it because it's probably protecting you from getting injured or getting hurt or getting broken. That's really what its job is. And until you actually address it, it's just going to restrict your mobility. That's why you feel like you can't straighten your knee, why you feel like you don't have pickup, why you feel like you can't extend your leg, why you feel like you're not opening up your stride. That's called restriction and the tissue is going to win all the time. 
unless you address the tissue and then tell the tissue, I'm not only gonna release you, but I'm gonna work what's underneath you. And I'm gonna make sure that you're okay with me and that you trust me in fixing that issue that you're protecting, Mr. IT Band. And then the body trusts you, that actually happens. But if you just foam roll and don't correct the issue, tissue gonna get right back where it was because it doesn't, it knows you're not doing it, so therefore it doesn't trust you. And so it's going to restrict you from mobility. Improper mobility or immobility of a joint creates itis, period. So the principle is there, no matter which itis you wanna throw out there, it's all there. I've said many times, the only real itis out there is rheumatoid arthritis, and that's an actual disease. But I also have gotten people completely off of meds with RA and improved their RA to having no pain. So I do have that feedback to give you. Again, when you are going at the body the proper way and you're respecting what the body can and can't do and then working from there, it's amazing what you actually can do to the body. It's sad for me to hear professionals, pro or elite runners or local elite runners really believe such fallacies and and have a limiting belief system because they believe fallacies about what their body can do, how they got injured and why they got injured. It's crazy to me that that level of an athlete is in the hands of somebody that doesn't know better. That's crazy to me. So I, I hope my podcast gets to everybody. I hope it gets shared. I hope it, somebody hears it that's being told something where they're like, I don't know any, re- I don't have no idea why this happened to my body or why I got injured. I did this, this, and that, and I, there was no reason why there was nothing there. That's never the case. There's always something there. Just you're not supposed to know it as an athlete. You're an athlete. It's the people's, the, the support system that you have. That's their job. That's my job. That's my job. That's what I do. Nothing goes unnoticed. If your pinky toe twinges, I want to know about it because it matters. And so that bothers me because, again, I hate to see not only local runners who I always talk to, talk to you guys about. And I say it's, it's, I, I, I work with you guys because I feel like you guys make up the majority of injured runners, which you do because of the bad information that's out there for you. But I also do it because I feel like you deserve the information that pro elites have. But when I hear pro elites don't have it, that really bothers me because they rely on their bodies for their actual income. Like this is not a hobby for them. This is not, they love what they do, but they actually do it. It's their income, it's their actual livelihood. And that's something nobody should be taking lightly. And anybody who's working with athletes like that need to be protecting their athlete. The number one thing your job is to do in my position is to protect the athlete. And so even when athletes don't tell the truth or don't tell everything or miss things and all that stuff, you know, the fact that I'm always verbally saying, I need to know everything because I need to keep you safe. And if that person or that athlete chooses not to tell me things, I've already made it clear that I need to know stuff to make keep you safe. If the person chooses to take it upon themselves and either think something's not important or maybe like not mention something, that can lead to a very serious problem. So, that's why it's important to be, for me, to be on top of things, talk, find out, be in, interactive, get messages. People have, in our program, you have constant contact with me, constant contact with me. I get anywhere between 50 to 100 text messages every few hours, period. So, and I wouldn't have it any other way. 
because I want to know. I, I, I'll, I'll, I want to know exactly what it is. I want to know where it came from. What did you feel? How did you feel it? I don't want you to wait anytime if you running in the street and you rolled your ankle. Ask anybody who, who has worked with me who has rolled their ankle and wait and ask them what my response was. Lose it, lose it, lose it, lose it. That burns me up because the longer you wait, the longer that that settles and you don't want an injury to settle. You actually need to grab it right away before it becomes something. But I'm an injury expert. And so I understand if you don't have an injury expert like me, that you're not working with me, then you would be inclined to have to take your time, slow down, stop and all that. And that would be a better idea if you don't have somebody who's an actual injury expert, because please understand an injury expertise is real. It is beyond mobility. It is beyond functional movement. It is beyond training. It is beyond conditioning. It is beyond strength coach. It's beyond all that. And I have all of that underneath me as well. All that plays a part to being an injury expert. But if you don't have an injury expert, then yeah, pull back, slow down, stop, assess, and, and you know, and be, and be proceed with caution. Always lean on the side of safety. But if you're in my care, you better be contacting me within seconds. I'm the first phone call. I'm the first text message, period. Just the other day, I had a woman. She's an older woman. She won't, I won't say her age, but she's in her 60s, 70s, 11-time marathoner, hardcore, no joke. And she messaged me that she got something on her foot that she think might be a stress fracture or a cyst. And I just saw her three days prior. There was nothing wrong with her. No one's just gonna have a stress fracture out of nowhere like that with the way I operate. If you don't know, sign up and you'll know what I'm talking about with how I operate. So I was like, this doesn't sound right. So after we go through everything, she could barely walk. She sends me pictures. I tell her what to do. Our our session was the next morning. Get online, everything's online, everything's on video. She could barely walk in the session. Within 15 minutes, she was walking totally fine. So her fear level was gone. The doctor scared the hell out of her. Doctors don't do mobility. They do amazing things, guys, but mobility isn't it. Even orthopedics, they don't do that. That's why a lot of them do refer. I get a lot of referrals from orthopedists and from surgeons who actually respect biomechanics, sports biomechanics, and my injury expertise. That's why I get those referrals because I'm a mobility expert, literally. So, and on top of that, injuries are my thing. So it's different to know mobility, but it's, there's, some, there's one thing to know mobility and there's something else to know injuries and there's something else to know how to correct them. You have to know all of that to know how to correct it. So that's a real, that's a real reason why I'm the first phone call. So this, you know, she thought that she was gonna be broken. She thought she was gonna be able to run. She couldn't walk, she was in pain. She was grimacing and within 15 minutes she was walking totally fine. So just to give a tidbit, that just happened. That's just the most recent thing that happened last week. So just to give you an idea of the level of fear that you may get by hearing from somebody who doesn't know mobility, who doesn't know injuries, and damn sure doesn't know how to correct them. (laughs) It takes investment. It takes time. It takes learning your body to actually correct an injury. That doesn't happen overnight, and it doesn't happen without consistent interaction and constant communication. And that's just something that a lot of people don't do, and that's one of the biggest things that separates us from everybody else, the level of interaction and investment we put into our athletes. And it's because of things like this itis, because people are told, oh, you have itis, you have it forever. When I was told I had bursitis, I was like, are you kidding me? I literally was in one ear and out the other. It was in one ear and out the other. And it was even before I had 
half the hours that I have now, but I knew better with my background at the point. And I also knew that that wasn't going to be something that I had forever. I just don't succumb to that forever business, like at all. That's not happening. Like with injuries and pain and ailments and sickness, I wish, you can't be serious. Is it struggle? Yes, of course. Is it tough sometimes? Absolutely. Does it hurt? Hell yeah. That doesn't mean it's forever. Does not mean it's forever. And the stuff I see online and on Facebook and in these running groups, people talking about itis and bursitis and tendonitis and what all these other runners are telling other runners is just bad information. And I don't know where they're getting it from, but I can only assume it's from other bad influences on social media that are calling themselves coaches and whatnot who have no idea not only that they don't have any idea about how to strength train and they've never been a personal trainer and they never took an anatomy physiology class but they damn sure are not an injury expert and they're not a mobility expert and they're not a functional movement systems specialist so like there's levels to this so learn understand who you're getting your information from Take what I just said and map your own body out and don't ever succumb to you have XYZ for the rest of your life. Everything is pretty fixable. As long as you have the will, it's fixable. Definitely if you come and see me. If you're confused right now and you think you have, you've been told you have bursitis or arthritis and it's not getting better, there's a mobility issue that hasn't been fixed. That's a, that's a clear flag that it's a mobility issue that's not getting fixed because itis should go away. Foam rolling alone should alleviate a lot of your pain. If it's not, you need to come on over to runpainfreenow.com and get your consult, the complimentary. We'll figure out what's going on and we'll go from there. But it's a mobility issue that needs to be addressed and figured out. Foam rolling should alleviate it and you still need to correct the issue. Like I just said, you can alleviate it, it'll give you some room, but if you don't correct underneath it, it's gonna go right back. So that's, but that will be a red flag. That's a little test you can do. Does foam rolling help me at all? That will give you a test, whether or not it's something that you can actually figure out. But come on over and I'll help you figure it out. It's nothing for you guys to be running on because you're running on dysfunction and you're gonna get really injured if you don't fix it. So to a doctor's defense, they would say, hey, stop doing that, stop working out, stop running, because they do know it's gonna lead to an actual break. They do know that, but they just don't know how to fix it. I do. Runpainfreenow.com, come get your consult and stop this itis business. Have a good day, everybody. Talk to you soon.